Welcome to the Twins Tale Podcast. I am Natalie Diaz, your host. I'm also the founder of Twiniversity and the author of What to Do When You're Having To. You know what, guys? In the past 10 years of being a twin parenting professional, I have met such extraordinary families. And the one thing that I have learned is that we could learn something from every single one of them. And that's what this podcast is about. We're going to meet families from all over the country in different stages of their twin parenting journey, and we're going to get an insider's look on what time their kids are going to bed, how do they deal with sibling rivalry, what is their biggest success to date. I can't wait for you to meet these amazing families. Guys, welcome to Twinstown. Today's Twin Tales podcast is brought to you by our friends at Zoe. Now, guys, for realsies, if you're a parent of twins, you got to get to know Zoe. Um, Zoe is a company that has so many incredible strollers for families with two, three, or even four kiddos in tow. I am not even kidding you. They totally have a stroller that could accommodate quads. We love the new Lux Twin Plus Stroller from Zoe, and it was actually voted the best side-by-side lightweight stroller in our 2020 Twinny Awards. It's a really smart design, and the Lux Twin Plus allows you to easily fit through standard doorways and offers you the option to extend with your family by adding a triple or even a quad seat. So guys, you got to go check it out. Go to learn more about the Lux Twin Plus. Just go over to zoestrollers.com and tell them Nat sent you. Actually, don't tell them that. They probably won't even care that I sent you, but they will be excited that you were visiting. <laughs> Good luck. Happy stroller shopping. Hey gang, on today's episode, we are speaking to twin mom extraordinaire, Amanda Schmeagel. She's a social worker. She is a wife. She is a resident of Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland rocks. And she's super involved in the Emerald Valley Mothers of Multiples Club. So if you're in that area, you definitely got to check it out. She is the mom to 17-month-old fraternal twin girlies, Juliet and Isabella, or Jules and Izzy, as we'll hear her so lovingly call them. And you know what? We're going to kind of go through what a day looks like. What's her sleep routine like? What are they eating? What are they playing with? We want to know it all. And then, of course, we're going to get through the challenges and kind of the successes that Amanda is facing as being a twin mom. And you know what? Spoiler alert, there's guilt involved. (sighs) Isn't there always guilt involved? So without further ado, let's meet Amanda. Welcome, Amanda. Welcome to our very... um, you know, new podcast talking about your current 20s and their age. And I love this. And I'm so excited that you have girls. I don't even know if they're identical or fraternal yet. So let's get right on in. Amanda, tell us about your 20s. Uh, I have fraternal twin girls. They are 17 months old, Juliet and Isabella. Um, They are definitely a clone of my husband and a clone of me. Um, and they are just getting into the terrible twos. So but they are a lot of fun and, um, they rule the house for sure. <sighs> they will forever. They will forever. Yeah. These girls it's, it's, I never even know if there is like the best set of twins to have, if it's like girls or boys or one of each. Mm-hmm. I really, I don't know. Sometimes I say that they're all the win and then I say none of them are a win. But girls, I think at least you could share clothes if they're around the same mm-hmm. size. So that that's always oh, a they, good one. 
Yeah, they absolutely they are the same size. They've been um, we were lucky that they went from newborn pretty much on the same schedule. So so now we're in 18 to 24 months and uh, they're just really tall for their age, too. So oh, that's we're good. all about the length. Yeah. If they're yeah. both tall, you're dear. It's a home run there. A lot of stretchy pants, I think, are the way yeah. to go. Jeans, you yeah. notice when they're getting yeah. a little too short, but the stretchies are always good. Yeah. Now, Amanda, <laughs> let's begin kind of at the beginning. You know, um, how was your pregnancy? How was your delivery? Give us like a little glimpse into the past of um, Miss Juliet and Isabella. Um, so pregnancy was really easy, surprisingly. Um, first trimester, a little bit of nausea. Second trimester was amazing. And then third trimester, I got carpal tunnel. I swelled like crazy. But luckily, I had no preeclampsia. I had no... Um, no gestational diabetes. It was a completely healthy pregnancy. Um, delivery, I was at work um, and my water broke. I had gone to the doctor the day before. I was a centimeter. I said, oh, we got time. And then my water broke the next day. So um, delivery was pretty easy. And um, in I don't know if it's everywhere, but like in Ohio, we have to deliver at the Cleveland Clinic in uh, the operating room mm -hmm. just in case anything were to happen um, and like one of them flipped or something. But um, so, you know, giving birth on a on an OR table is not comfortable, um, but they were both head down and they both came out vaginally and it was pretty easy. So had an epidural. That was the best decision I ever made. Uh, not a superhero. So um, so it was pretty, pretty cut and dry. They were had no NICU time. They were five weeks early. Um, so they were on the smaller side, um, but they, they were breathing on their own, eating with no problems. So we had no NICU time. We were treated like a normal singleton pregnancy and delivery and then headed home. So that's great. That's you're really lucky. Yeah. That's I love. Yeah. I love a boring birth story. Yeah, <laughs> it was so boring. <laughs> we're the only place online that we're like, we don't want drama. Like just literally we want we want as vanilla of a birth as possible. Well, that's really good. So so that was kind of yeah. like a nice introduction to to twinniness. And when you came home, did you have a lot of help? Or was it just you and your family? Like, how was the help when you first got home? So we had the amazing offer from my husband's parents, my in-laws, to move in with them. They have a, a four-bedroom home. Um, his brother and sister had moved out, and they said, you know, come and live with us, and, uh, you know, we'll help you out. And uh, we're still here, um, you know, getting help because my mother-in-law watches the girls when we're at work. Mm -hmm. Now that we're quarantined, she's watching them now. But um so we had a lot of hands on deck. So it was my in-laws and us, you know, together and we had four on two. So it, it was, it worked out really well. We took shifts. Um, you know, my husband would go to work in the morning, so he would take kind of the, you know, later night shift and then he would go to bed and then my mother-in-law and I would be up from like 4am on. So, um, because they were smaller, we had to uh, feed them every two hours. So we had to wake them, mm -hmm. which why wake a sleeping baby? But okay. So um, we'd wake them up. And I mean, it, it worked really well. So a um, lot of sleepless nights, a lot of tears. But you know, it was such a small amount of time that I look back and go, wow, that wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's funny that when you're in the middle of it, it seems like it's never going to end. And you know, your nights just seem eternal. And now at 17 months, you're looking, I, I love that already, you're realizing that like, eh, 
That wasn't yeah. so bad. I think it's also yeah. Mother Nature, too, because she's like, hey, maybe you should have more kids now. You should start thinking yeah. about it. So Mother Nature's <laughs> doing this weird uh, this weird thing, trying to be like, it wasn't bad. I told you it wasn't bad. Yeah. So now when they were little, you had, you know, your, your set routine, which is great that you had your in-laws to help you. But now, today, what do your mornings look like? So we're, we're going to forget about the nights. We're going to kind of start at the morning and we're going to work our way through the day. But what time are they waking up? What time are you waking up? What, what exactly do your mornings look like now at 17 months? Um, so they, they wake up anywhere between 7 and 8 a.m. They get about 11 hours of sleep. Um, you know, they start talking, babbling. Uh, we leave them for a little bit and then, uh, you know, to see. Sometimes they just wake up, babble, and go back to sleep. So um, so usually, like, once they're babbling and laughing at each other, we get them up. Um, we are still giving them a morning bottle. Um, I think we could switch to a sippy cup, but they tend to drink more with the bottle right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're slowly weaning off of that bottle. Um, but they have a bottle of milk and then, um, get their diapers changed. Um, they love like any type of music. So anything on like YouTube, like, um, Coco Melon or Dave and Ava that kind of holds their attention for a little bit. Mickey mouse clubhouse. I know, you know, parents say no screen time, no screen time. You need some screen time so you can go to the bathroom while they're, you know, drinking their bottle. <laughs> um, but they, they've learned so much from it. So so we watch a little bit of that. And then once they finish their bottle, they usually will go and play, um, you know, fiddle with some blocks or play with their kitchen or mm -hmm. read a book. So um, with the music on in the background. So they don't sit and watch the TV like all day. It's, they like having that in the background. They'll get up and do, you know, head, shoulders, knees and toes and um, so, I mean, they're very active. Um, and then usually around, you know, 930, 10, 1030, depending on when they get a little fussy, then, you know, we feed them solid food breakfast. Um, and then they're, they're good to go for another hour or so. So are, nap time. are they sleeping in toddler beds? Are they in their cribs? Where, how are they sleeping? So they're still in a crib. Uh, we haven't transitioned them to toddler beds yet. They're still kind of all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, we love, like, we know that we could put in, like, a pillow and, a like, a blanket at this age, but they really do well in the sleep sacks. Mm -hmm. um, just, like, the light, you know, uh, zip up. They, like, it's just really nice. They they know that that's bedtime. Um, and, and they will nap with, like, a blanket and stuff. But, um, but yeah, they're still in the crib, and, and they they do really well with, with nothing in the crib still. So, except for, like, their lovey. They do sleep with the lovey. <laughs> Um, yeah. Aww. And do they have everywhere? Do they have white noise in their room or any type of light or nightlight or anything? Uh, so we have a nightlight that we just started using. Um, and they do, they will go to sleep with, uh, we have a white noise machine, but they go to sleep with the lullaby. And that's more to just kind of drown out our noise, not mm -hmm. so much, you know, they can go to sleep with, with nothing. But mm -hmm. um, we didn't really want to get in that habit. We had some friends that, their kids go to sleep with white noise all night long and can't go to bed without it. And we just didn't want to get into that habit. So the little machine plays a little lullaby for about half an hour and then they're out. So Aww, my little babies now for their sleep yeah. sacks, they've slept in and they've slept in that since birth. Or did you institute that somewhere along the way? Um, so they had swaddles, um, the swaddle me swaddles we were using in the beginning um, and they would break out of them. Mm -hmm. They were little Houdinis. They just didn't like their little straight jacket. So we transitioned to the, excuse me, uh, to the sleep sacks. And 
it's really just for, you know, to cover them up. They sleep in, you know, pajamas. And uh, we probably instituted that when they went to their cribs because um, they were in bassinets for a little bit. And okay. then uh, they went to their cribs. And that's when we started with the sleep sacks. So in the winter, we use the fleece ones because it's colder. And now they're in the cotton ones for summer. So oh, that's yeah, we'll probably transition. Yeah, once they once they probably get closer to the toddler bed, we will transition to a blanket. But um, yeah, but, but, this, do, but it's working fine. for now. How many yeah, do you have right. of those? Like, how many like garments do you have? Like, the, the, to rotate or whatever. Like, if somebody were going to be like, okay, we're going to have sleep sacks. How many should they be buying? Uh, so we have about six. Um, we have like four fleece ones and then two of the cotton ones. And um, so we just depending on the weather, which mm-hmm. right now it's been pretty cool or, or warm at night. Uh, we just use the cooler ones for, uh, for nighttime. So, so about six is a good rotation and we do a lot of laundry. So, you know, we wash them pretty regularly. So. Are you doing laundry yeah. every single day? Do you find, or you're like every few uh, days? Uh, now it's like every few days in the beginning, it was, you know, spit up stains, everything. So mm-hmm. you want to like do laundry every day, but now it's probably, you know, every few days we're doing some laundry. So I love yeah. that. Uh, that gives me hope. I feel like I'm still doing laundry <laughs> almost, almost every day. My kids go through more towels than I, I care. I have yeah. no idea what the hell happens that they're just towel crazy. <laughs> now you said that they get up, they have their bottle and then they play. What kind of toys do you have in your house that they really kind of gravitate towards? Um, Izzy loves blocks, like anything she can build and put together and kind of figure out. She's very like mechanical in that way. Um, Jules is all about, you know, books and stuffed animals and balls and, uh, little like animal, like we have bath toys that we, you know, haven't used in the bath that we just keep downstairs and she'll, you know, tell us what the, what the animal sound is. Um, so they're very different in that way. Uh, Jules likes to, you know, break down whatever Izzy's, you know, building. So, you know, she's the Godzilla and, you know, and then Izzy just rebuilds it. So yeah, they go, um, they gravitate towards that. They, they like their kitchen. I don't think they realize like what the kitchen's for yet. So, um, you know, Izzy drinks straight from the coffee pot, much like her mom. (laughs) Um, and, and we put like little, we'll have like little snacks. So they'll eat some Cheerios on a little plate, um, or throw it on the floor. So, um, yes, but sometimes they get, you can tell that they get a little bit bored with, you know, their toys sometimes. So we have to kind of rotate them out and, uh, you know, make it more exciting. So, mm-hmm. um, they also have a latches barn, uh, from Melissa and Doug and it's, you know, got a couple animals and then it has all the little latches and, um, hooks and all kinds of things. And, and Izzy loves that too. She'll sit there and play with that for hours. So. No, you said you were, you rotate toys. Do you like actually rotate toys do you have like bags of toys like ones in the closet and this is going to be like tuesday's toys or is it just that you just kind of bring some stuff from the back to the front for them yeah kind of from the back to the front like we just went through all their baby toys and cleaned out a lot of stuff and found all those little loops um like those connecting loops that Mm -hmm. you connect toys to and i'm like oh they don't don't play with these anymore and surprisingly they do when i thought that was just like a a baby baby toy Mm -hmm. uh they actually found a lot of enjoyment in playing with those little loops so it's it's funny how things that you would think are infant toys or not even you know just infant you know tools that you would use they they actually enjoy playing with them so so yeah it's just bringing things to the front um 
yeah, we don't have that many toys to have weekly bags of toys. Yeah. But Well, in general, but I do know that some people are like, well, we're going to put the blocks away this week. And then, you know, we're going to rotate it and the kitchen is going to be there, but there's not going to be pots. Like everybody has a different system. And I, I don't mm-hmm. even know what works. But like, I'm always curious to know for people who have space, <laughs> anybody mm-hmm. who has like extra space in their house, do people do that? I didn't even know. Now, how do you find that they interact with each other? Like besides um, the Godzilla, right? Because I do love that whole yeah. term and I love, I could visualize, <laughs> we all visualize that. I think everybody's got a Godzilla yeah. in the batch. But how, like, do you find that they interact more when they're playing one type of thing or do you encourage them to interact? How, how do you, how do you see their twinniness working? So they have a love-hate relationship with each other. Um, Jules doesn't like to be touched or like, her space and fringe so you know and izzy just could care less so she um jules will cry if you know she's being touched or or stuff but they they have moments where um they will laugh at each other something will like we have a ball pit um that we got on amazon real cheap and um they will go in that ball pit and just laugh belly laugh and just they think it's the funniest thing so that's when they normally will interact more um but they do have little fights over you know, toys, um, uh, Izzy will take Jules lovey and there'll be a fight over that. Um, so I, I was worried about, luckily when, you know, reading to university and, and different questions and stuff, I've, I've noticed that we're not the only ones where our twenties don't, you know, interact very much yet at this age and that it's normal that they don't. Um, but I do notice like if, if one falls down and gets hurt and cries, the other one will cry. So there is some concern there. Um, but there's definitely like a, a power struggle too at times. Um, but yeah, we try to encourage them to play together, but they, they do well. They'll, they'll be off in separate corners of the room, just, you know, playing with, with a, a book or then the other one will come over and steal the book, you know, it's just learning, <sighs> learning their limit right now. <laughs> Good times. You know, there is, there's a yeah. theory that baby A's are kind of the Godzilla of the bunch. Are you finding that kind of your your first born is the more dominant of the two? No, it's the opposite. Oh. Uh, I- Isabella was born 11 minutes later, and she's definitely dominate dominates a lot at times where Jules will sit there and cry. Oh. Um, so, yeah, so it's, yeah, cheering doesn't happen very, very often in our in our household yet. So oh. we'll have to work on that. Oh, my goodness. Well, I I always am curious to know if birth order really is going to uh, to be kind of a forever thing. Now, you, you said that at around 930, you have your breakfast. What does your, you know, what does that mean? Like, what are they eating? Are they eating in, at the table? Are they in high chairs? Are they just grazing from, you know, bowls of fruit, you know, on the couch? What are their meal times look like, especially in the morning? Uh, so they are still in high chairs. We have like the Fisher Price um, space savers, like on a folding chair, and they sit there and um, we'll ha- give them like their their water glass and a sippy cup, mm-hmm. um, and then um, we just cook them a solid food breakfast. So what we would eat is what they eat. So usually it's scrambled eggs or oatmeal, um, any kind of fruit. They love any type of fruits, um, cheese, any anything like that. They'll they'll eat like a che- little cheese omelets. Um, 
and they feed themselves with their hands. We've been encouraging the the silverware, um, the kids, you know, silverware. They actually do better with like adult silverware than they do with kids silverware, which is surprising. So um, they like to mimic us eating um, and yeah, but they mostly will, they'll try the spoon and fork for a little bit, but mostly gravitate towards using their hands. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so we have them sitting for meals. Um, I have noticed that couple times when we would go out, you know, we're not going to restaurants now with quarantine, but like, um, if we're out at the park and we bring them lunch, they don't sit there for very long. They're, they're distracted. So I think the high chair definitely keeps them, you know, seated and and more active with their meal than, you know, outside, you know, distractions. So are they having snacks too? Like, do they have like a nine 30 breakfast and then, you know, an 11 o'clock snack? Like, are they grazing throughout the day too? Or are you pretty much just sticking to kind of the breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Um, so they have breakfast, lunch, and dinner around the same time. So uh, during the day, so they'll have like a later lunch and then we eat dinner kind of late. So they'll eat kind of like six thirty, seven o'clock for dinner. Um, and then kind of snacks throughout the day. If we feel like they're getting a little fussy or something, we'll have like Cheerios or um, they love like any type of those like little crunchers from mm-hmm. Gerber or Aldi's or whatever. And then, um, yeah, they'll, they just or fruit, whatever we've got on hand kind of will just, uh, will feed that to them. Uh, and then we offer them water throughout the day. All right. Uh, doctor, the doctor had told us, you know, keep them hydrated, make sure they drink enough water through the day. So. Yeah. Especially now with the, the hot weather coming, it's, I think people forget mm-hmm. that, you know, you could just leave it there and they'll just drink a sip when they, they feel right. like they need to have a sip. Are you using sippy yep. cups for that or just open yes, cups? So. Mm-hmm. No, the, well, they can drink out of an open cup, but just for like, cleanliness and uh spillage we use the the sippy cups they're like the uh toss and take they do well with and then we have the munchkin 360 Mm -hmm. um cups that have like the no no leak but they definitely do leak um and they do really well with those so we've tried a million different sippy cups million different bottles so took a while to find what works (laughs) it's it's the holy grail right we're all on this hunt for the perfect sippy cup i wish that there was a perfect sippy cup but we we found some good ones i mean don't get me wrong we have some we're we're actually reworking our sippy cup article right now and i just it's just impossible i can't understand how companies have yet to perfect a cup i know it's just crazy to me (laughs) so what are their lunches and dinners look like Usually, again, whatever we're eating, um, you know, we try to stay away from anything like spicy. Um, they get a little upset stomach with like tomato based stuff. So um, so they eat a lot of they eat a lot of chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's like leftovers from the night before, like uh, roast beef or a little bit of lunch meat. Um, they always have a vegetable at lunch um, or and a fruit. So we kind of we have like the divided plates. So they'll have a protein and a and a vegetable and a fruit. I try to encourage that. And they love, they pretty much love, they could be vegetarians. They eat so many vegetables and so many fruits and kind of care less about the proteins. So, um, and then dinner is whatever, whatever's on the table. So they'll pick up noodles. They'll pick up, um, you know, any, the chicken we had kibasi the other night, they ate that. They love hot dogs. They love chicken nuggets. They love mac and cheese. Um, so really anything that we give them, they, they will try at least, oh, that's um, great. Jules, yeah, Jules didn't like banana, like fresh banana in the beginning. And now it's like, she sees a banana and it's like her life. So, Aww. 
Yeah, have you noticed so that since you've started solids that they've really they've had kind of a, a palate change like have you noticed like you said with the bananas and they don't eat that much protein do you have you noticed that they they shift a lot or is it pretty consistent it's pretty consistent i think you know they're just like you know like us like they like oh we're not feeling this today so you know one day they could be like completely against the chicken and then the next day that's all they want so mm-hmm. um it's been pretty consistent though but i have seen like um you know the vegetables like jules will sit there and eat like the leftover vegetables out of the pan like she she thinks it's candy so i mean that's really good i'm really glad that because i have other twin mom friends that are like my kids only eat hot dogs that's yeah. all they eat they don't like fruit they don't like that i'm like oh gosh thank goodness my my girls are just, you know, will eat anything on yeah. their plate. So have yeah. you always given them the option of those vegetables from the very, very early on? Like, do you think that them having a love of fruits and vegetables has to do with you? Or you think that that was just nature and that's what they like the taste of? Um, probably a little bit of both. We encouraged, we, we did it backwards. We did fruit first when they said you should do vegetables first. Um, and uh, they, but they took on you know, the, the baby food with no problems. And then we introduced, you know, the actual solids. And so I think it was just, you know, a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. I mean, my husband and I, we're not picky eaters at all. We eat anything. So, um, you know, it could be a little bit of nature that they just, you know, and I ate a ton of different foods when I was pregnant. I don't know if there's any research to that, but, um, you know, they, they, um, they really don't have any aversion to many, to many things. So you're very, very, very fortunate. Oh my gosh, uh, you're so yeah. fortunate. I hope you realize that like when you wake up, that should be like your number one and being like, yes, <laughs> yes, they eat, they'll eat a string bean. There's kids that yeah. just really, really won't. Well, you did really good. Now we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about sleep, the dreaded sleep. And so we'll talk about naps and we'll talk about overnight sleep and night right to, night, nighttime routines once I learn how to speak English. So uh, sit right there. We'll be right back. So your twins have finally made their grand entrance into the world. Congratulations and welcome to the Twin Parenting Club. Now what? Well, the Twinversity first year with Twins Resource is definitely the place to start. We have plenty of information and resources to help you navigate twin parenting. Our tips come from our very own experienced twin parents around the world. These parents have been there, done that, and they're ready to share the tips and tricks with you. Here's a snippet from week one. All hands on deck. You and your partner need to work as a team. If two parents are equally caring for two newborns and the division of labor is fair, you will have a much easier time. If only one parent is doing the majority of the heavy lifting, it'll take a toll on your relationship. Make a game plan early on about dividing up feedings, diaper changes, chores, and more. So for more infant tips and more tips of our first year with twins, visit twiniversity.com slash first year. So now it's bedtime. Dun, dun, dun. I probably can't even sing that. There's probably a copyright to that song or something. And now I'm, I'm gonna, <laughs> they're going to come and get me. Um, when your kids are ready for naps, right? When the girlies are ready to go down for their naps, what is their schedule? So they're waking up at 8. They're having their breakfast at 9.30. Um, are they having another snack before nap? Or are you putting them, what, what's their nap and sleep schedule like during the day? Uh, so it, like around, uh, it's usually around prices right time, uh, at 11 o'clock, they, they start to get a little, a little fussy. Um, so we'll do diaper change, brush our teeth. 
um, and then head up for a nap about about 11, 11.30. Sometimes we can push it to like noon um, if they're like playing really good and they're happy. Um, and then they sleep for, for anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours right now. Um, and in most instances, Izzy will wake up first. Um, so we'll grab her so that Jules can sleep a little bit longer, especially during the dreaded teething times. We try to get Jules to have as much uh, sleep as possible because she is not handling teething very well. But um, so, yeah, so like, you know, about an hour and a half to two hours, they're taking a nap. And so when days. they when they wake up, what's the schedule like? Is it more playtime? Are they going outside? Are you putting them in their stroller going to the playground? Not quarantine. Like, let's say if this was a, a normal universe, what <laughs> would what would your day kind of look like? Um, so usually when they wake up, they'll, you know, play diaper change. Uh, we'll go outside for a little bit if needed and then start start getting ready for lunch. Um, they start usually getting hungry or at least maybe have a snack if one's up and the other's not. We try to keep meals at the same time for each of them. So, you know, if, if one is awake and the other isn't, then we'll give a little snack before lunch. Um, and then usually after we have lunch, then they'll they'll go out. We'll go outside for like an hour or two before dinner. So, um as long as the weather permits, otherwise yes. we're in the house, you know, playing and stuff. So, okay. So once they get up and they have their playtime and then they have their lunch, what, what's their, their schedule till dinner? So they're just playing in the house or you'll go out for your walk, like you said, mm -hmm. but what time are they having dinner? And then what does your nighttime look like? Um, so dinner's anywhere between like six and seven o'clock. Um, so we'll eat, uh, get cleaned up. Um, we don't do a bath every day. Uh, they both have really sensitive skin. Izzy's got some eczema. So the doctor had said, you know, you don't have to give, unless they're like filthy, dirty, don't give a bath every day. Um, so we'll give a bath then after lunch, after dinner if needed. And then um, we usually will encourage, you know, a bottle, which again, we need to wean off of, um, or a sippy cup of milk before bed, uh, pajamas. And, and usually we're not, you know, we're watching TV. So we, we're usually always convening in the family room. So uh, grandpa and, and dad will be watching something and they'll be playing and uh, getting their pajamas and then we'll brush teeth and then we head up to bed. Um, and that usually consists of reading a book together. And then we have a prayer book. So we say a prayer and then it's sound machine and lights out. In their sleep sacks for the night. In their sleep sacks, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they go in their own cribs. Have, do you have any issues with them trying to get out of their crib to get to the other or just Godzilla no. around the room? Everything is, <laughs> there's still peace at 17 yeah. months, which is really yeah. nice. Good. Yeah, surprisingly. I mean, there's some nights when they're so overtired that they're screaming and yelling and stuff, but that's very few and far between. So, um, so no, they, they know once they get in their sleep sack and they have their levy and their pacifier for bedtime mm -hmm. that they know that it's time for bed so when do you think that that the, like a good sleep routine was kind of like solidified like when do you think you went from the oh my gosh they have to go to sleep to oh my gosh like look at this it's such a it's such a wonderful routine that they have when when do you think that shift kind of happened um I actually was very lucky again because right before I went back to work off of maternity leave, they were three months and that's when they started sleeping through the night and our routine looked different back then. Mm -hmm. um, we kind of, we went against the rules. They didn't sleep in their own crib until three months. They were so tiny and um, they were in a bassinet together, like a pack and play bassinet mm -hmm. on either side. And we, somebody was with them, you know, 24 seven. So mm -hmm. 
Um, at three months, we transitioned them to their own cribs, and that's kind of when the the routine started with um, reading the book, even though they you know would probably fall asleep before the book was over, um, or getting them in their swaddles or their sleep sacks. That's um, that's about three or four months. We and we were really lucky again that we didn't really have any sleep regression. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was waiting for the four month sleep regression, like you know praying to God, please, please no <laughs> sleep regression. Um, you know, but we would have our rough nights, uh, with, you know, Jules had, um, has some reflux. She still does. And she's had it since she was a baby. So she'd wake up with gas or she'd wake up with, you know, just screaming cause she had, you know, the acid reflux. So we've had our share of rough nights, but for the most part, you know, keeping that routine consistent, they, they sleep really well through the night for the most part. So Amanda, honestly, you don't, do you, I'm sitting here going, I can't even, I can't even let people hear this story. I can't even let people hear this story. It's, it's so good. What do you think? um, Because like, literally, you're so fortunate. And I do believe that there's a balance to the world, right? Like, I don't think not everybody has it, you know, as, as great as Amanda, but certainly a lot of people do. You just hear the stories that are typically, you know, the the non-typical stories of, you know, oh my gosh, this is still happening and whatever. I honestly credit a lot of the chillness of your twins to you, because I don't know if you realize (laughs) you're very chill, you're oh, a very calm you. woman. Like I'm, I'm saying, like I want to talk to Amanda all day. This is just the way. <laughs> this is nice. So I, I think that you know, you having that that kind of air of calmness and matter of factness, and this is just the way we do things. I think it's a big credit to your parenting, and I don't even know if you realize that that's what you're doing, but it's it's working. So that's yeah, really good. Now, what do you think yeah. so far has been your biggest challenge to date? Um, to date, um, teething has been a huge challenge. Um, and mom guilt has been a huge challenge just from a mom perspective. Um, I think that my friends that have singletons don't realize how much mom, like they have their own set of mom guilt, but mine is like exacerbated times too. So, Mm -hmm. um, so I would say that those teething has been a challenge just that you just, there's nothing you can do to help, you know, you can give them teethers, you can give them pain. I mean, but they're just, miserable and luckily I only have one that's miserable the other one I'm like oh you have a huge molar when did that come in like you didn't (laughs) even fuss about it but Jules it's like the world is ending when a tooth is coming in so that's really hard and and you're trying to um you're trying to console her and she's just you know she wants to chew on your finger but you need your finger and it's just it's hard so um poor puppies yeah, but she's she's doing better. So, but that's been that's been a challenge. You know, trying to get Aura gel, like baby Aura gel, in the mouth is like mm-hmm. a struggle and a half. So, um, so I would say that's been the challenge. And then, like I said, the the what do you feel guilty, guilty about? But what but what what do you um, feel guilty about? Is it balancing your time, not having enough yeah. time? Like, what do you what do you feel bad about? I I think I get like guilty, like, oh, I'm going to go out and uh, go shopping or I'm going to before quarantine, I'm going to go out with friends. And then the whole time I'm like, oh, my poor husband's with my with my twin. You know, my husband is a a wonderful dad. He's a hands on dad. They gravitate towards him half the time because he's just the fun one that, you know, throws him in the air. And, you know, so it's just um, it's just the balance. Yeah, I think it's a work. You know, I went part time. I I was working full time, felt guilty about working full time, went to part time 
And, you know, being home with them in quarantine is wonderful. You know, Mm -hmm. I got to see them, you know, grow up during this time. Um, But it's still like, oh, if I go out, because I've been with them for so long, if I go out by myself, oh, gosh, like, I just left them. This is, you know, they're going to know that I left, you know, it's just, I think it's just a natural mom thing. And I, and I've talked to my, my mom's group about it and stuff too, but um, it's, it's, I just think it's something that you have to kind of work through on your own and realize that, you know, there's, you've got, you know, help for a reason and they're fine and it's okay to have a life, you know, outside of being a mom too. So you need it. You need to have that time. You, you, You will be over that in a few years. (laughs) <laughs> I, think, I think it takes a while, but something that I really find like almost like creating a little mantra for yourself and that's a little a little crunchy, but the way that you need to think about it is that you're not relaxing, you're recovering. And so when you're going out, it's you're not you're not going out like you're going out, but everybody needs a minute to breathe and you need a minute to remember who you are. And I know that I said I, this podcast wasn't going to be like at all about this, but I, I know I feel for you and we have so many families and I'm telling you the amount of mom guilt that's going to come up in this podcast is going to be extraordinary because we all feel it. But when, if I could go back in time, I wish somebody would have just told me that, that you're not relaxing, you're recovering because yeah. you have to, you have to, even if things are, are beautiful and harmonious and wonderful you still need a minute to breathe and be like, who is Amanda? I don't even know who Amanda is anymore. Is Amanda mm-hmm. who I was, you know, two years ago, a pre-pregnancy, post-delivery, like who who am I? And you'll find yourself again and we're going to, you're going to change and you're probably going to change for the better. I mean, very rarely when people have like moments of introspection, do they change for the worse? Mm-hmm. And they go, you're right. I should be going out more and that's it. <laughs> uh, so there's, it's, it's good. And it's good to have guilt because when it's not good to have guilt, but hear me out. Like, I I think it's good that you have a moment like that because you know how much you love them. And there's a piece of you that you're leaving, you know, you're like, when you go out, you're leaving a piece of you home, but you have to think of it. They're, they're their own piece too. And you're your own piece too. And you're, you just gotta take a minute. And, you know, I love that you are so involved in your local twin club. I really, really do. And I think that that is an instrumental part of twin parenting is the misery loves company end Mm -hmm. of it right (laughs) so now how often do you guys have meetings so you're with the emerald valley mothers of twins club or is it mothers of multiples club and are you based in in cleveland um so we are based out of um southwest general hospital which is in middleburg heights so we're in a suburb of cleveland okay um and we meet every month um, now with quarantine, we've been meeting via GoToMeeting okay. um, since probably, I want to say our last meeting was maybe in March, April. I think April we started like our, our monthly GoToMeetings. Okay. Um, and so we, we have moms from all over, you know, Northeast Ohio. Um, there's two other moms clubs, moms and multiples clubs in um, like the west side of Cleveland and the east side of Cleveland, and we're kind of the southern part of Cleveland. So we're we're part of Cuyahoga County, Medina County. Uh, we have some from Summit County. So, but we get moms from all over, and we're a smaller club. Uh, we don't have as many members as some of the bigger clubs, but mm-hmm. I think that's what kind of makes it nice. Yeah. Um, to have, I I, I really um, I had seen one of the groups uh, when I went to like my twin parenting class when I was pregnant, and uh, they had a, a lot of members. They had like seventy members. 
we have a smaller group of that, probably like 40 to, to 50 members. But, you know, um, the ones that come to our meetings, there's probably 25 of us and we mm-hmm. all have, you know, a special bond and their moms from, you know, like from teenagers to, you know, pregnant, pregnant moms. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just a, it's a nice mix of, of different people and uh, different experiences. And we bounce ideas off of each other. And I think we just all have a really good connection. Um, and a lot of us newbie moms, um, a lot of us, um, our twins are all born within like two weeks of each other Aww. or a couple months of each other. So we have a group chat on Facebook. And um, so I've had a lot of really good support through through the moms group. And, and like you said, it's I think it's really integral to have that as a mom of multiples or twins to, to have that support of other moms, um, mm-hmm. even just to get together with your twins and we do different activities when we're not quarantined. Yeah. Um, to, you need it. You know, you really yeah, need that. I, I literally yeah. said to Amanda before we started taping, like nothing compares to, you know, a, a, a coffee or a martini, whatever your beverage of choice is, mm-hmm. depending on breastfeeding or not, or just choice. But <laughs> it's really important that you see people face to face, even if it is, you know, in go to meeting or Skype or whatever, I feel like you really need to connect with somebody because it's not just the, you know, the mom guilt and the scheduling, but there's a sense of unity that we feel as twin parents that I, you know, I feel bad for the singleton world. Sometimes I really do, because I don't think that they realize that or they think that motherhood is, is special, which it is. But like, we're like this weird subset of motherhood Mm -hmm. right and then of course the triplets have like their own subset and the quads (laughs) have their own subset so i love that you guys um meet up you know on a regular basis quarantine not quarantine i think it's it's absolutely critical so really make sure that you're reaching out to your local um club and remember that amanda's at the emerald valley mothers of multiples so you could go stalk her there which i really like but last question (laughs) before we leave Mm -hmm. what is your biggest success to date whether it's parenting, whether it's personal, what is the biggest source of pride that you feel having 17-month-old twins? Besides the fact that you made it 17 months, that's that's going to be the given. <laughs> but what is one thing that you look back and you're like, that was a challenge and I, I can't believe that we made it? I would say just being a twin parent in general, I was thinking about it yesterday, just I say to my husband all the time, like, wow, like, how were we the fortunate ones to have twins? You know, we tried for a while to have a baby and and we got blessed with twins. So I think just getting over the realization that you're going to have two instead of one and that they're, you know, I think my biggest success is just seeing how, how they're growing into these, you know, curious and smart and hysterical little girls. They went from these tiny, you know, little, little babies to now these, you know, little kids, like they're not looking like babies anymore. Um, so I think it's just a matter. I think my biggest success is, is that is just watching them grow up and, um, seeing that we made it 17 months mm-hmm. and, you know, and that we're still married and that we're still, you know, we have a, a strong support system. So I think it's, it's a culmination of, of everything of the past yeah. 17 months, just getting through, um, you know, and, and, and like every stage is going to have its own its own challenges. But right now, you know, getting through a, a bedtime routine, getting through solid foods, getting through teething, I think it's just all of it. It's just being a twin parent in, in general is a success. I think it can make or break you. And um, 
yeah, it, I, I think that's, that's where my biggest success lies is just seeing, seeing them grow into, you know, little kids. So. Listen, I have a big doofy grin on because I'm thinking if you're happy about this now, you have no idea how much better it gets. You have yeah. literally no idea. The, the, the extraordinary events that are going to occur within their lives, it's just going to be something absolutely fantastic. And I am, I have a, a little piece of utter envy, real, like speaking to parents with littles and saying, oh gosh, like if you know, if you, if I just stopped for another minute or if I just took another picture. So you got to do all that for me, Amanda, like literally don't do it for you. You do it for future you. And future you will be very, very thankful. And I'm honestly, I just want to say from me to you, thank you very, very much for sharing a day in the life of 17-month-old twinnies. And um, I'm telling you, Juliet and Isabella, I love their names so much. You have no idea. I think oh, that's, that thank they're, you. they're so absolutely sweet. And Jules and Izzy is just the cutest. <laughs> I love it. And we're looking forward to watching them grow too. So I'm I'm excited. I'll be stalking you on uh, on socials. <laughs> which is good. And I'm happy that Twiniversity was able to, to help you out. That's really, really good. But thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, thank you. Oh my gosh, guys. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, if you need more information from Amanda, just check out the Emerald Valley Mothers of Multiples Clubs. She is over there. And as always, we hope you enjoyed this and we look forward to giving you another glimpse into another portion of Twin World, of the Twin World. Thanks for listening. <laughs>